Hey, it's Monday night. Let's talk some football. Good evening, football fans. Welcome to this week's episode of The Coaches Show with Scott Milanovic. Lots of CFL and Edmonton-related news to talk about this week on the show, starting with a very successful 50-50 yesterday, almost a million dollars in ticket sales, split between the winner and the Joy Moss Memorial Fund at the Winifred Stewart Association. And we say tonight, congratulations to John Groth, who was the winner of the 50-50. John gets himself a mere $495,900. Congratulations, John, or Uncle John, as I like to call you. Uh, what a great prize that is. $495,900 in the double uh, E 50-50 draw that was held yesterday. Yesterday also wrapped up the CFL's Grey Cup Unite Week. Uh, the double E's 14 days of Grey Cups wrapped up as well. Uh, watched a little bit of that, uh, was it the 1980 Grey Cup that they streamed on Facebook uh, yesterday. That was uh, pretty entertaining, especially in the second half as they were running away with it. Uh, lots of football talk this past week, including uh, talk of the new name for the double E. Uh, 10-day window opened up yesterday for you to give your opinion on a new name. You can do it at the team's website, or you can take part in it on Twitter using the hashtag double E name time. You have until December 1st to submit your best idea for the Edmonton Football Club's new name. Here's team president Chris Presson with the criteria for the next name for the double E. We are sticking with the green and gold, and as you mentioned, we're sticking with the EE. So, yes, we are seeking... Names that begin with the letter E, uh, as creative as you would like. We take every name seriously and unsolicited. We've gotten over 3,000 names already over the last two months. So, absolutely, we want your input. We're looking forward to seeing what names we make we make it out of it that we haven't thought of ourselves uh the target date still for the reveal is early spring possibly late march or early april my thanks to dave campbell who uh, stood in last week for me when we had some massive technical difficulties uh in my home office and at the station but i'm back this week and uh first time i get to talk to chris uh to coach uh, scott milanovich for the first time in three weeks hey scott how you doing i'm doing good morning how you doing I'm, uh, I'm good. Thanks very much. Uh, good to talk to you again. Uh, we had some news this week, which is kind of nice. Uh, some optimistic talk around the Canadian Football League. Uh, you took part in, in an event during the uh, Grey Cup Unite. We'll talk about that later on. But first, I guess the, the most positive thing we saw uh, over the last week was the release of the schedule. You've, I'm sure, perused it. What do you think of it? Yeah, that was, uh, it was good to see that, that the game was, uh, you know, kind of something to to rally behind something to kind of focus our energies on um i mean as far as how it looks it looks it looks fine to me you know there's no i was in the league i don't know many years ago when and there's a handful of teams that when when you saw them on the schedule you knew you'd beat them and uh that's just that's just not the case anymore so all the games are going to be good um uh, as most people i'm sure say it's uh it's west heavy for us um and I, and I think that's a good thing. I think it's good for the league. I think it's good for for finances, for travel, for rivalries, things of that nature. So um, I'm just fired up to get started. It kind of give us give us something to, to point towards now. Yeah, you mentioned about you look at the roster, uh, the look at the schedule, and you can sometimes pick out your wins. But that's not the case anymore. But I think especially going into 2021, because nobody's seen anybody play for a year, nobody knows what kind of changes they're going to make. Uh, there's been a lot of coaching changes around the league with head coaches and staffs, and uh, nobody really knows what to expect from anyone going into 2021. Yeah, I agree, and I think you're going to see 
just from a coach's perspective, we've all had so much time to sit back and, and watch other football. Uh, I think you're going to see guys adding a lot of different things to their package that they might not have had. Um, so I think some defenses, some offenses are going to look a little differently than they did the last time they were on the field in, in the CFL. So it should be exciting for the fans. It's uh, certainly going to make uh, exciting times for us. Coaches have had a long time to reinvent the wheel, haven't they? <laughs> no doubt. Not always a good thing. Not always a good thing. But uh, we're going to try to keep it limited. And, um, you know, we've, we've put a few things in, and we'll continue to tinker the more we watch uh, some of our early teams again. Now that we know we're up in Saskatchewan and then BC and Winnipeg. So um, that'll kind of determine how we, how we go through training camp next, uh, next spring. Of course, with the the schedule comes a lot of questions and and a lot of unknown, but we'll deal with that, I guess, as they come over the six months uh, between now and when things get rolling. Uh, you got three back-to-back sets on the schedule, and and one of them against Hamilton is you play them two times in three weeks. As a coach, do you like back-to-back sets? Well, I mean, I think it's easier for a coach in in terms of preparation, uh, just because you're, you know you're familiar with what they've done lately whether you're a defensive coach, offensive, or special team. So from that perspective, it's, it's uh, I think, easier from a, a prep standpoint. I, you know, I've never been one that loved them all that much because I I think, um, you know, facing a different opponent is a little bit more exciting. But uh, it's something that I've gotten used to in the CFL over the years. It's not a big deal. All right. Uh, you have the schedule. How does that affect your, your planning now in the off season? Because I know a couple of uh, weeks ago on the show, you talked about when, when, when you were wondering if there was a season. You said you figured you'd heard we were going to play this team first and that team second. So we went to work on, <laughs> on preparing for those teams. Do you go to work already now preparing for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders for that, uh, for that season opener on June 12th? Yeah, we sure are. Um, so it's pretty much what happens is you have your, your base plan of what you would think that you're going to be as a team, as an offense, as a defense, and as a special team. Um, so, and those things won't change. Uh, but then you go back and you say, okay, we open with Saskatchewan. What do we like specifically against them? And then the second week, I believe, for us is a six-day week against BC. So it's not a full week. So we're going to have a little bit more limited time to prepare for them. So, okay, what do we like against BC? Because you want to make sure uh, that the things you like against those earlier opponents, in particular, you're getting some reps on in training camp so that you have a chance to execute, especially without all the the off-season mini camps and and things of that nature anymore. You you just don't have a lot of reps in training camp. So we'll we'll kind of skew it um, to a degree towards those first couple of games that we play, but the basis of your offense is is not going to change much. Is, is it kind of neat now to turn the page? Yesterday would have been Grey Cup uh, Sunday. So the season, uh, if we had one, would have ended yesterday. And and the off-season begins today. There would have been a party and a parade somewhere, but the off-season begins today for teams. Do, do you kind of get back to more normal things now? And start you can start to, to do things that you normally do during the off-season now that the official off-season has hit? Yeah, I think so. Um... Yeah, and the good thing is, is we're we're so much further ahead. So normally after the season, you take a couple of weeks to just kind of decompress and reconnect with your family, and then you know choose a free agent. Oh, we're so much further ahead of that at this point. But um, 
still a lot of the same stuff. You know, we're going to have a lot of free agents. We're going to find out what the cap's going to be and get moving to, to re-signing the guys that we have. And same thing with the coaches, getting the coaching staff finalized, <clears throat> Brock staff finalized. So um, it does, though, yeah. I mean, just the fact that, you know, we aren't going to hear any more questions about, hey, we should be playing this week and we should be practicing this week. It's it's kind of it's past us at this point, and it's time to move forward. Uh, Great Cup Unite wrapped up uh, on the weekend. It was a pretty good week. I don't know how much you saw of it uh, down in Florida. I know you were part of one uh, media event uh, with Orlando Steinauer and and Mike O'Shea. Uh, I imagine even just for that half hour that you took part in that, it was just kind of nice to talk football and just not worry about everything else that's been been going on, have kind of a a football CFL-oriented conversation that you probably haven't had many of those uh, outside of your own coaching staff for a long time. Yeah, it's always good to catch up with those two. Um, you know, two of my better friends in the business. Um, you know, two guys. Any anytime we're at the combine or you know, whatever the case may be at, at, at league meetings or whatever, we try to get together and have a beer and catch up. So, um, a lot of fun to to be on with those guys. And uh, yeah, just uh, you know, I'm excited to see all their success that they've been having, and and uh, we had some good times together for sure. They were members of your uh, 2012 Grey Cup uh, Championship coaching staff, along with Jason Moss, who later became a head coach as well and will be one again, I'm I'm assuming. Uh, That's quite the staff you put together in 2012. Yeah, that staff was incredible. I mean, uh, like you said, those two guys and Jason and and Chris Jones and, you know, Steve McAdoo went on to be a coordinator and I think could be a head coach and... um, you know, Jason Shivers was like a quality control coach for us. He's now the defensive coordinator for Saskatchewan. So, um, just a, a, a ton of great football coaches, great minds, uh, kind of type A personality football coaches that uh, that uh, all are really having a lot of success. So that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Any head coach will tell you he's only as good as the guys he's got around him. So uh, those guys uh, did the heavy lifting. I guess that's the toughest thing about having a real good coaching staff is, you know, you got to replace them one or two guys every year because they're going to get uh, move on to bigger and better things, right? Well, I'll tell you, I, I mean, that was something I learned a great deal about uh, as a young head coach, and, and I'm much better prepared for it. You know, just having your succession plan in place, you know, like if Noel Thorpe was to be a head coach next year or AJ, you know, what's your next move? Because continuity does matter. And uh, um, I feel like I'm a lot better at that now. I'm a lot better uh, prepared to deal with that because those guys, I mean, we were losing guys every single year and just replacing places. It's, it's hard. It's hard for the players. And um, I'm a lot better, I think, at that than I was, you know, 10 years ago. On the call you were on this week with those two, uh, you were asked a question about your coaching staff for this coming season. Uh, what can you tell us about the staff? You kind of hinted that uh, the staff as it stands now will probably not be all intact moving forward into 2021. What do you know about your staff, about who's coming back and who possibly won't be? Yeah, yeah it hasn't been finalized yet. Um, I'm, I'm for sure going to lose one guy. Um, and... Um, Hopefully not more than that, you know. And once I get the word that uh, that we can move forward and and re-sign the guys, then um, then we'll do it. Uh, I don't anticipate having anybody new. Um, I'm not looking to replace anybody. I was pleased and thought that I thought our coaches did a heck of a job um, throughout the whole off season. So um, 
just tough situation for everybody right now. You know, people are not just coaches. People are getting laid off, and it's been uh, it's going to be a tough 12, 18 months, and hopefully that'll be the end of it for the CFL when we can start uh, heading back in the right direction. Is the loss of a coach due to the, the cutback in, in football ops across the league? Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was – I can't remember the exact numbers. Was it a half million or – or, or what the deal was on, on football ops. And, you know, some of that comes from the coaching staff. Some of that comes from Brock's staff. Some of that may come from, you know, wherever, wherever else in, in you know, video or, or, or wherever we choose to do it. But ultimately there's got to be cuts from, from pretty much every sector. We're talking with Scott Milanovic, the head coach of the Double E. This is uh, the Double E Coaches Show. My name's Morley Scott. We'll take a break and be back with more when we return on the voice of Double E Football, 6.30 Chet. Late field goal for the Rams. They lead the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 17-14 at the half on Monday Night Football. Morley Scott along with Scott Milanovic on the Double E Coaches Show here uh, tonight. Scott, we talked before the break about your staff and, and how you're you know finishing up, putting it together, and, and finding out who's going to be back for next year. Okay, so we mentioned Grey Cup was yesterday or should have been yesterday. The new the off season begins. What's number one on your uh, on your priority list right now to get done? Well, just to get the whole the, the roster figured out, to get and really that's more on, on Burke than me. But um, we work together on that, and you know it, it helps as you're doing your scheme to know what, what type of players you're going to have. So um, ideally, I'll feel better. Obviously, once my staff is settled, but I, I feel pretty good about that. But then once we, we at least have the core of who our team's going to be. And, uh, you know, I'm hopeful it'll be very similar to what we were doing in the last year with. And then we can kind of, hey, we're on the right track. We can do some of this stuff, maybe not so much of that. But uh, it gives us a little bit more focus as to, um, to where we're not wasting our time with playbook stuff and plays, that, things that, that maybe we can't, um, we can't execute with who we have. I imagine uh, there's going to be a, a big, uh, big market for free agents this year because all the guys in one-year contracts have expired, and the guys who are on two-year contracts have expired now too, without the chance to really re-up them during the year. Uh, I imagine free agency this year is going to be pretty crazy. Well, you know, just listening to, to Brock, it, it's gotten that way since almost every year since since I left to go to the NFL. With uh, there, there's very little of the one-year contract thing going on, so. Um, I guess from fortunately for us, nobody likes free agency from a coaching or, or a personnel standpoint, but um, Brock's got some experience with, with mass turnovers of roster and stuff like that. So again, we'll do the best we can to keep, uh, you know, keep our core guys and the guys that, that we think are homebred and, and necessities to, to build our team with. That's going to be, um, at least from my, I shouldn't speak for Brock, but from my perspective, that's got going to be the first priority is to make sure that the guys we have that can play and we know are good men good locker room guys we need to keep them so um hopefully once we get that direction from the league we can uh, we can start building towards that you don't have to worry about the quarterback because trevor harris is under contract for 2021 uh i think there's a couple of other guys on on offense as well that are that are under contract including ricky collins jr i think matt o'donnell as well i don't have the list in front of me but uh i guess it's nice to know you got the quarterback anyway because that's the most important piece in the cfl team is 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 who's handling the ball on every play offensively and you got a pretty good one yeah brock and i both see it similarly you know it starts with the quarterback and 
and uh, and we've got a great one and and one that I'm familiar with and you know couldn't be more of a selfless guy and then you know and then it goes to defensive line and offensive line so we believe in in the same things as to how a team's built and uh, we've got some talent both on the D line and the offensive line and a couple of those guys may be free we're going to have to uh, find a way to try to keep them. I you can make the ties last year uh, the last couple of years in free agency I guess when especially the the, the off season that Trevor came here uh, you you can make the ties to Greg Ellingson and to Sir Vincent Rogers his old teammates in Ottawa uh, but I was amazed at uh, during the season I would talk to a guy who had signed uh, with Edmonton and we got talking about how he got here and he goes oh Trevor called me you know guys defensive backs defensive linemen offensive linemen you, you, oh Trevor called me and talked to me and and that's kind of what what brought me here he seems like a guy who who really cares about the guys around him and wants to make sure that everybody feels welcome. There's no question. And the the thing about Trevor is, you know, he's not pretentious. You know, it's not about him. Um, you know, you know, all he really wants to do is, is win and, and raise the cup. And so that goes a long way. That goes a long way when you're, when you're starting quarterback and highest paid player is a team guy. And really all he cares about is, is winning. And I think if, uh, if Trevor becomes a salesman, that's that's something I think that carries a lot of weight with those guys. Is they they know where it's coming from the heart, and and uh, they're dealing with a good person. The uh, order for the draft was uh, made public uh, this weekend. Uh, Hamilton gets first pick. Edmonton will draft fifth. So you're right in the middle of the pack for the snake draft. Does your role? Pardon me. Does your role change a bit for the draft this year uh, because of the reduction in staff on on footballs uh, on the football upside? Do you become more of a scout than you have been in the past for the draft this year? I don't think it'll change much for me. I did a, a lot of work with Brock and the scouts last year on the draft. I enjoy being a part of that. Uh, I think it's important. I think um, I think the rest of our coaching staff. And again, these are questions that that really are Brock's to answer, but I think probably with the limited staff, the rest of our coaches will be more involved maybe than they were last year. And it's going to have to be kind of all hands on deck right now. And uh, you've mentioned before you're, you're watching some NCAA. So you're, as, as you said, you're, you're seeing guys that interest you and think that they may fit and you're letting Brock know about them. So I guess you, you're a, you're a coach, right? You're always scouting, aren't you? No question. No, there's no question. Doesn't matter how good a coach you are, you got to have some players out there. And uh, Brock's done a good job of it. We just need to uh, we need to keep filling the uh, filling the roster and building that depth for if guys get uh, you know a couple guys get injured. We got guys, people we can slip in there that can do just as good a job. So, and that takes time. It takes uh, you know it takes years to build that kind of depth that you want. Let me ask you this: In your years as as a coach in the, in the CFL, is there a guy that you found that you're, you're proud of finding that you went to your GM and you really pushed for him, and he ended up signing him or drafting him, and he turned out to be a real good player? Is there a guy off the top of your head that that comes to mind? Oh, I don't know about that. I, I, I will tell you an interesting story. There was. Um, it was my first year as a head coach in Toronto, and um, we had one of our mini camps. Not one of our mini camps. We had our mini camp where our full team was coming down there. And, uh, you know, they're going to kind of get the offense for the first time, the defense for the first time. But before that, you hear about all these tryout teams or tryout camps that teams have all over, you know, all over the South and, and the U.S. trying to find some Americans to bring up here. Well, we had one right before that mini camp started. We're at IMG in, um, in Bradenton. 
And there was this there was this receiver. He wasn't really that fast, but he was you know he was tall. He was smart. He was you know ran pretty good routes. And and we were picking like maybe ten guys from this camp to uh, to make the actual the actual mini camp that our full team was going to be at. So we we're going to hold over like ten guys, and they're going to practice with the rest of our team that were already in the roster. Well, the last guy to make the camp was. Um, uh, Dontrell Inman, <laughs> and he got into that camp, and he just—he still didn't look that fast, but he just kept making catches, just kept getting open, using his body, and it was the same thing going into training camp. He was the last guy to make the training camp team, and you know he's been playing in the NFL for ten years now. He maybe wow. rookie of the year or something. I don't know what he did. He's just a great kid. And it kind of goes back to the whole, hey, you know, we all as coaches, we all look for speed. And how high can he jump? And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's is the guy a productive football player? And and that's what Don Trellman is. Yeah, didn't didn't help you much, but I mean, well, yeah, you won a great cup, right? But uh, he he uh, went on to a great career, that's for sure. All right, uh, Scott, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks. We'll talk to you next week on the Coaches Show. All right, thanks, buddy. That's uh, Scott Milanovic. My name's Morley Scott. I'll talk to you tomorrow morning on six thirty. Chad Mornings. Good night, everybody.